leaving, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther, you know? Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. So many ills in the world, we need a safe space. Safe. Emotions just rise and try not to hide them. We need a safe space. Safe. We want to vent, but we can't. We need a safe space. Safe. Keeping it real with Jigga J. Bringing that safe space. Safe. Feeling all type of emotions held hostage. I can't get them out. Nah. Nowadays, things get personal. Why we can't just work them out? From mental health to a bottle. Damn. From a bottle to a model. Damn, the addiction is real. Since we've been on full throttle. Men, I know we need to talk. I know we tired of the silence. Women, I know you need love. But gotta start compromising. Meet each other in the middle. But no middle man like Malcolm. Need to improve, air our issues. But we need a safe space. So many ills in the world. We need a safe space. Emotions just rise and try not to hide them. We need a safe space. We want to vent, but we can't. We need a safe space. Safe. Keeping it real with Jigga J. Bringing that safe space. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Safe Space Podcast, here for episode 13, with your host, Justin Tyler Farrell. Of course, I got another guest, beautiful woman, love this girl to death, Oh golly. the baby of the family, Woo-hoo. but she is definitely not the least mature. That's damn, <laughs> that's damn sure. She's definitely growing into a very amazing woman, very mature woman, um, and I plan to see her continue to grow into a very good woman. My baby sister. Jessica, how you doing, baby? Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, my God. I'm blushing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make people feel good coming on to my show. I feel very safe. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you here for your, uh, like, every few weeks you do your uh, auntie check-in to check in on Cam and uh, see how the family yeah, no, doing. Because she, she be acting like she forget me uh, every single time. She bougie. And, but at the same time, she also, I don't know, she be just real weird with people for the first 10 20 minutes and then she like all right yeah you you cool i, I remember you cool my yeah, bad she handed me a piece of candy i was like got her <laughs> i'm in uh, i'm in um so i'm happy i got to get you on the episode i want to get all my sisters on the episode i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure i'm getting uh Kristen, our oldest sister in next because mm-hmm. she's the closest and then i'm gonna get uh kk in and I'm probably get kk and our mom in on the episode together, yeah, just since they, they probably oh, they're all in together. one space. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she if I do one of them, the other one gonna pop in on the on the sound anyway. So why not get them both in at the same time? Right. Um, but the way I usually do with everybody is I set the table and I let you kind of take over and let everyone know who you are. Obviously, they know you as my baby sister so far, mm-hmm. but introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you are. Okay, well, um, you know, no pressure. Um, <laughs> no, um, my name is Jessica Johnson. Um, of course, I'm the baby of four. Um, I 
went to Tennessee State University, majored in public health. I'm currently working at a nonprofit called Teen Hype. It's a black-owned nonprofit, and it's, like, my dream job. Like, it literally just encompasses everything that I want to do with my life. Um, And, yeah, you know, every day is just super rewarding. Um, I don't know. I I would describe myself as, like, an omnivore, like, introvert, extroverted, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been doing better at trying to, like, be more respectful of my own time. Right. Um, giving myself an actual chance to enjoy myself versus feeling like I have to be around people to figure out myself more. And it's going pretty well. It's a lot of introspection, but um, should be hurting sometimes. I'm very sensitive. so <laughs> But it's cool, you know, I would prefer learning more about myself versus just not knowing and then shit just like hitting the fan. How does one do that? How does one make, well, well, how, how actually, how do you go about figuring out who you are? Like, how do you utilize that time on your lonesome? Mm -hmm. So, um, usually I'll just do it by like tapping into the things that I actually like doing. So like, I love cooking. Mm-hmm. I love, like, labor-intensive work because, one, it just kind of, like, makes you zone out, especially if you know what you're doing, not to toot my horn or anything. But, um, <laughs> oh, no, I get it. When I be cooking, I be like, hey, everybody out of the kitchen. If you if you step into my zone, I'm going to mess up, and I don't mess you up. Right if now? I mess up, it's because y'all mess yeah. me up, not because I'm trash. <laughs> right? It's your fault. <laughs> no, um, like, I'll cook a lot. Um, like the other day I made like a freaking Indian meal. Like I made, um, chicken masala Mm -hmm. with, um, it was actually like a little bowl that I found off TikTok. It was like sweet potatoes and then rice and some kale, but I made the kale, like I would make like collard greens and stuff. So like with bacon and like the seasons and stuff. And then the Indian chicken with like some garlic naan. That sounds good. Dog. Amazing, top tier, but <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> but no, like I'll um, cook or I'll do more into cleaning or even just like practicing self care more. So I'll take like some long baths. I'll um, give myself like facials and all that stuff. Maybe like do my hair because I'm super into like my natural hair. Mm-hmm. But um, just trying to like love on myself more and figure out what I actually like and what I don't like, and eventually just being by myself and not really trying to expose myself to people super often. I learn more about myself just because, I mean, like, a part of life is just socializing anyway, but you can learn more about yourself if you just kind of, like, closed in on, like, four walls and you don't have anything to, like, your thoughts. So That's really tough for a lot of people to deal with, Mm -hmm. especially people who don't, one, they don't know how to be alone. Mm -hmm. And two, people who have not been alone their whole life and then all of a sudden, boom, it's time to be alone. I was actually talking to um, one of my friends about that too because it took me a minute to even um, figure out the distinction between enjoying being alone and like being afraid of loneliness. Yeah. So um, me coming from like a full house and stuff, like even though y'all are older than me, it's 10, 9, 6 years older than me and stuff, like at one point, I was the only person in the house outside of, like, my stepsister at the time. So, I was basically just by myself, like, had adults and stuff. But, like, outside of that, I was just kind of, like, fended for myself. So, um, to go from that 
and then going into like a college environment where it's like dorm so everybody's like easily accessible to you mm-hmm. and then um going into a relationship where i'm like living with somebody and then turn around and just like being by myself and like my hometown yeah but like everybody's grown up like everybody yeah. nobody's a high schooler anymore everybody has different priorities they have kids they have marriages and all that stuff so i'm basically just having to start over and it's just like damn i feel kind of lonely like that shit weird. yeah <laughs> yeah because you got you got so used to being around somebody even if it was just one person at a time mm-hmm. you guys so used to being around them for so long that now you got snapped back into being alone mm-hmm. or having to try to be alone in a different mindset. Cause like you said, it was times where you felt like you had to fend for yourself, mm-hmm. but you were still either around somebody or you still had somebody taking care of you in a sense. Right. But now you have to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. you have to rely on just you. And that's, that's it. Like mm-hmm. all you got is you for real. I mean, you could ask help from, you know, family and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they can help you on their time. You got to help yourself when you need it. Yeah. And you can't really rely on anybody else in most cases. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's good. You got everybody to get to know you a little bit. Um, you are the youngest of the family mm-hmm. and we have a substantial like age difference. Um, our oldest sister, what, 10 years older than you? Mm-hmm. 10, nine and six. And it's usually a stigma <clears throat> around babies of the family. Like Babies of the family tends to tend to get away with a little bit more yeah. when it comes to the parents. <laughs> y'all are a little more spoiled because y'all got to get away with a lot more. Um, how did you kind of embrace the role of being the baby of the family? So I was like, I got so used to everybody calling me spoiled that I like, I didn't really put it into perspective because I was just taking what everybody was saying and then not really kind of form my own opinion about it. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm spoiled, whatever. Mm-hmm. But essentially, and I joke about it with, like, all of my friends and even with, like, mommy, mama and stuff, and I used to joke about it with Diddy. I was like, after a certain point, y'all just kind of gave up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> y'all were just like, we got three good, just don't really do shit. <laughs> we good. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. We'll be fine. And, like, nothing really happened. But, like, when I, <laughs> when I was fucking up, like, it was just so monumental. But then after that, it would just be like super calm like not to put my business on blast but like mama you already know jail so <laughs> um, put it all out mama make sure you listen all ears right. i want you to hear it's, the thing is it's gonna be some things that i say over here about myself that mama and well dad rest his soul they didn't know up yeah. until this point so go ahead go ahead oh, yeah, spill. this particular situation and daddy did not know at all <laughs> he, so he don't know mama made sure, that's the one thing i would tell the one thing mama gonna do, she gonna rob for you and keep a secret. <laughs> if she don't want nobody to know, they not gonna know. Yeah, if she don't want somebody to know, it ain't happening. <laughs> so, basically, long story short, um, I had a boyfriend, or whatever that was, at the time, and I snuck him in. And This was in high school? Yeah, okay. so I was in ninth grade, and I think he was, like, in 10th grade or something like that. But, um, yeah, snuck him in, and he, like, you know, took my little V-card or whatever. And um, I was scared because I wasn't super educated about sex at that time. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was pregnant. And I was texting my, um like, best friend at the time, India, and 
Sharice Tallafield Reed, something in her spirit, like when she had dropped me and India off at the mall one day, India left her phone. Something in her spirit was like, look at India's phone. I don't know what compelled her to do that. It was probably Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because that woman is crazy. You know what women say, I, women's intuition. Something was in my spirit. I was like, it was my gut feeling, like, oh, to check somebody child. else's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check somebody else's kid's phone. I was like, that's not even your child. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to gaslight her and be like, so so you so you uh, having sex in my house? You went through her phone. <laughs> I was like, I was shook. I was like, how did you know that? Like, I was texting India, and I was like, yeah, like I think I might be pregnant or something. The whole time it's like, you know, like the background of it. Like when you when you're a woman, you have sex. Like sex just knocks off your pH balance and right. stuff. So of course I'm gonna like be a little bit late with my period because I just had sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was telling India that, and she read it, and she was like, you brought somebody into my house? You think you pregnant? I was like... Well, um, who told you this? So, I was like, Mom, I deleted the messages and everything. How you find out? So, yeah, that was that. But <laughs> when it came to it, it's just like I was generally like a good kid because I use like y'all like screw ups as like my lessons. Mm-hmm. And y'all were really always like on my head about that. Like, you know, you need to like learn from our mistakes and stuff so that way you can be better and all that. So I was a pretty like chill kid, but in terms of being spoiled and um like not having to work for certain things i definitely did because our family wasn't like i wouldn't say stable but like financially stable not really like mm-hmm. we were pretty like low income majority of check the time. to check yeah yeah so like in high school i had a job at burger king and i was trying to make sure i had some stuff for prom and graduation um when it came to going to college at one point i had three jobs because um stuff with financial aid was falling mm-hmm. through and um I was just trying to make sure, like, I stayed there, like, and that was during the time that Daddy had, like, got sick and everything, and I was thinking about dropping out just to make sure, like, he had somebody to take care of him, and of course, Daniel being Daniel, um, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, if you if you leave, I'm, I'm kicking your ass, and I was like, <laughs> I believe you, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> you ain't got to say no more. But thankfully, like. Even with the misconception of me, like, being spoiled or not really having much of a work ethic, I got both of my parents' work ethic plus y'all. So it's just, I never had a moment where I didn't earn everything that I had. Even if I needed to ask for help and stuff, the help didn't discredit the fact that I still got it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How do you, well, for one, that the work ethic, if anything, the work ethic mom and dad gave us, it's top tier, mm-hmm. like with all of us, like we'll f- find a way to get what we need to get. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot, I think a lot of people, I'm not, I can't speak for you, Kristen or Kayla, but I know for me, a lot of people don't necessarily understand my work ethic um, because I can just turn it on and mm-hmm. zone the hell out and, yeah. and get what needs to get done, get the money, get, you know, a task done, get the place clean or whatever needs to get done. If it's on the agenda, it's getting done. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to. Wor- you don't have to worry about me at all when it comes to that. Um, and that runs in our family, I believe. I yeah. believe that 
And I, I, I thank, thank dad, thank mama for that. So mm-hmm. that's how they all, how they always been. That's how they taught us. They didn't even have to say anything. It's just kind of, was just embedded into this. Yeah, I was the exact same way. Like, um, especially when it came to, I think, I like lost my job or something, or I got laid off or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, so I already got in the conference, the car, DoorDash, like all of that <laughs> stuff. We we gonna get this money. We gonna get this money regardless. I don't care. I don't care. These bills gonna get paid. <laughs> no, I, I think I, the thing is, it's funny you say that because I had an exact situation just like that. I got let go from a job and mm-hmm. I had another job that evening. Mm-hmm. I got let go at like noon or something like that. Had a job by one. Like, yeah. one thing mama did, she told us we was going to have a good resume regardless. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least, at least a long one. <laughs> Somebody going to look at you. Yeah. <laughs> at least a long resume. That's a damn show. Um, so we know like the dynamic of, you know, how you felt being the baby, but mm-hmm. What what was it like as far as the relationship you had between us with us being so much older than you were? Um, <laughs> I joke with Chris about this all the time now that we're like closer. But at one point, I genuinely thought she hated me. Like, I was really like, you don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just went to college and forgot about me. But like just being so young and then like my view of things being so small and my consciousness like not being as developed and stuff like certain things because she was so much older and because she was so independent it gave she hated me but in actuality she was just like living her life she was just doing her thing and like even when she came back home like she always made me feel included and stuff so that was just me being weird but um nah like we always always had like a very close-knit relationship with each other just because we lived in the same house like I've literally shared rooms with like two out of three of y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> me and you used to have bunk beds. Me and Kayla shared two rooms in about two houses. So, mm-hmm. like. And we moved a lot, people. So, yeah. like, we moved like every year. Yeah, basically. And we lived in three different states. So. Yeah. <laughs> the only way we can distinguish houses is by the street names. Like, Pretty much. That's it. Or, oh, or, Kenfield? Or, oh, yeah, I remember Kenfield. <laughs> You remember Rosemont? Yeah. yeah, Rosemont was that lit. That was a good house. That was, <laughs> that, good was the, that was probably my favorite. <laughs> <No, for laughs> it's crazy how that works, but yeah, we didn't live in a few different places, but no, yeah, I could see that. Like, it was, it is a little weird to be so much older than you mm-hmm. are, but it didn't affect anything because it wasn't necessarily that you were left out of the loop when it came to things you were maybe behind or it may be some memories that are a little more fuzzy to you mm-hmm. compared to, to us, but you were definitely in on a lot of things. Um, and we also, like you said earlier, made sure that some of the things that we did, you didn't have to uh, find yourself getting into. Mm-hmm. Like we knew that you would find yourself going, getting to that bridge, but you will get to that bridge with a little more knowledge. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about it. Um, so next thing I want to bring up. So as everyone knows, at least the ones close to us, our dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did him passing away affect you uh, at the moment and, and now? So, hmm. so before he passed. I know you asked for like in the moment and then like yeah. after, but like. But you can you can go. Yeah. yeah. Just just how did it make you like feel in general, and then how 
how are you feeling today compared to then? So leading up to it, because it was such like a a continuous like illness that he had, it was like when he got his double lung transplant and stuff, and there were like slight complications complications with that. Like mentally, I was Loki like already preparing for the worst, mm-hmm. but hoping for the best. And when the best happened, I was like, okay. Um, and the one thing that like um, caught me off guard with his death was that um, I didn't realize his life expectancy with the double lung transplant was so short. So it was basically him just buying time, not necessarily extending his life. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Living shit. Living with borrowed time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this man really was trying to, like, stick it out for real, for yeah. real for us. Um, I think after he passed, like, and I always, like, tell people this, it kind of sounds bad but like I had a sense of peace because it was just like I was holding my breath the entire time like just in a stressful situation just trying to like make sure he was good make sure he was comfortable making sure you know he had somebody you talk to or joke with or something to occupy his time and stuff and now it's like he's gone I miss him every day like even the other day I was just like um I had a break from work, and I was like, around this time, like, if I had this break, I would probably just call him and see what he was mm-hmm. doing, and usually he'd be, like, Ubering around or something like that. Staying busy when he's not yeah, supposed to be, you exactly. know? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you in a car right now? You're supposed to be laying down. Oh, no, I just got bored. Like, what? <laughs> you see why we work so damn hard? Because this Did man is basically hope, dying, but he still got to go get that bread. No, for real. But it was just, it was... Now I have like a a really nice perspective on life and um how I was saying like about my job and stuff, how I love it. It was really him um encouraging me to do it. Like um originally when I was at Tennessee State, um, the illustrious Tennessee State, historically black college university. But talk uh, your talk. <laughs> okay, and I will <laughs> <laughs> But no, um so they're a little bit, um, how do you say, como se dice, ghetto. Um, <laughs> so they lost their accreditation program for the nursing program, which was the um, degree that I was originally pursuing. And then um, I just got switched into public health. And I was like, oh, shit, like I've been doing this when I was in high school because the program that I'm working for now is what I was part of in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. But right after I got out of college, um, I came back to Detroit and um, I was trying to help take care of my dad, but I was also thinking about still pursuing nursing. And right before he passed away, um, I was having issues with like school and just trying to keep up with the schedule. And I just wasn't as like mentally focused as I could be. He was like, you know, you still got a degree, right? I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to get my nursing degree. He was like, you literally have a degree in public health. Like what? use it like yeah. and i'm just like you know what i ain't gonna listen to you right now i'm just i'm i'm on my track with like you right but i i ain't trying to hear it right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> so i was just like okay whatever whatever so then he passed away and it was so funny like i was sitting and trying to like you know talk to him and all that stuff and um then out of nowhere i was just looking at my degree that i have on my little like desk in my apartment i was like Damn, he was right. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, um, that same day, I applied to um, <clears throat> T 
team hyped the organization that I'm working at now, and they, like, gave me a call back within the next couple of days, and I got an interview, and then the week or two after that, I started working and facilitating different programs and stuff with them, and I was like, this is literally everything that I wanted to do, like, everything that I wanted to do in terms of nursing or in terms of journalism, which is the original major that he wanted me to do in the first place. This is everything all wrapped in one, and the amenities are spectacular. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, amazing. I was like, this man knew what he was talking about, but I'm not going to tell him, but he probably already knows. (laughs) He knew, and the thing is, he... I mean, he passed his stubbornness on to us, so he mm-hmm. knew at some point we was gonna get the point. I knew he he probably figured it wouldn't you wouldn't let the opportunity pass mm-hmm. you up either. He just figured he'd throw it out there so you can see. But it. he got a lot better about that um, as he got older mm-hmm. because when I was younger and even in high school, like that man was so like domineering and controlling about everything. Yeah. And he had his moment still where he was just like, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that. Or get upset when we don't do it in a specific way that he wanted us to. But he did really well at, like, growing, developing, and, like, loosening the reins towards the end of his life. Because I was just like, you're not going to get mad that I'm, like, doing public health or, like, trying to do nursing outside of what you wanted me to do. And yeah. he's just like... No, it's your life. I'm like, period, grow. See, it, and the thing <laughs> is, he had he did change a lot all the way up until his passing because I didn't even want to tell him that I was like sexually active when I was in high school, <laughs> and I'm the boy of the family. Yeah, I'm, he, so. I'm supposed to be the one that's like cool to tell my pops that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bring it up. I, I kind of let him just figure it out because I told mom she was like, "All right, now, so you gotta <laughs> you make sure you're safe." Make sure y'all, you know, make sure you do it when you're supposed to be doing it and don't be getting in trouble doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. And I didn't actually say anything to daddy and he just figured he was like, something up with you. Yeah, I feel like to this day, if it wasn't for the fact that I moved in with my boyfriend, he would probably think that I'm still a virgin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, don't say, just don't say nothing. But the thing is, I think that's what all men and with their kids, especially, they, they may know, but they don't want to know. Yeah. So they, they just deny the truth when it comes to, especially their daughters, like, mm-hmm. deny the truth. But even with me, he was just like, you better not be out here with these nappy-headed girls, man. Like That's his favorite thing to say. Call everybody nappy-headed? Yeah. Like, bro, they got a name. <laughs> and what if their hair not nappy? Like, they, they ain't got to be all that. So, <laughs> what what's like... What's a favorite memory you have of him or one of your favorite memories you have of him? Um, one that I was thinking of, the most recent one, was when um, me and him were driving somewhere. I think we were driving to Nashville to see Chris. And he was driving or whatever. And um, I don't know where this man farted. Like, very loud <laughs> fart, too. And mind you, it's just me and him in the car. He gonna fart and then look at me. Was like, oh my god! And I'm like, Are you trying to blame this on me? It's just me. And you. It's just me and you. What are you doing, bro? And he's like, oh my god, you stink, Jesse. I'm like, I did not expect you to go in this direction. I am taken aback. What's the favorite memory, though? Like that man was funny, bro. Like what? <laughs> Dumb as hell. 
But that was his style. He'll do some dumb stuff like that and give you a look like, yeah. like wow, you felt the need to. You did that. What are you talking about? I'm literally. Wait, did I do it? It's in my mouth. I'm about to throw it. <laughs> it's swallow. in my mouth. <laughs> A little insider, a little oh, insider. Oh my goodness! Uh, OG joke, OG joke. <laughs> All right, so, um, what are before I kind of dig, dig a little deeper, real deep into your life and a little bit of your personal life? Mm-hmm. What's um, what's a bit of a struggle that you have in your life today? Like just one constant struggle that you kind of have a hard time getting over. Um, I think my biggest struggle is looking at the bigger picture of things instead of focusing on like the smaller things. So for example, everything in my life is as close to perfect as it can be right now outside of for like, your life. Yeah. Okay. Outside of like the relationship aspect, okay. like dating scene and all that stuff. But because that is so like wonky right now. I'm focusing so heavy on that that it's hard for me to understand, like, everything else is good. Like, um, I had a friend who he um, was talking to me, and he was telling me about, like, all of his issues that he was having with his mom and, like, living with his mom and stuff. And, like, I'm only, like, 23. He's 23, 24. So, I mean, like, this is a pretty reasonable age to still be living with your parents, especially right now in this economy. But, um he was telling me, like, you know, all the issues and the lack of independence he feels that he has. And I was just, like, listening to him. And I'm like, that's crazy. And he was like, what? And I was like, our problems are literally flipped. Like, you have, like, a really stable relationship that you have going on right now. But everything else is kind of out of whack. And then everything else in my life is good. But then the relationship stuff is, like, out of whack. And he was like, I think you just need to, like learn to appreciate what's good versus like focusing so heavily on what's bad that it takes away from the good. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and that's really a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people deal with the fact that they are not <clears throat> embracing what's in front of them and worrying about what's not mm-hmm. the, the things that they can't see. I think a lot of that is due to like social media, yeah. especially like you seeing those perfect couples or you see your favorite artists with all the jewelry and all the fans, like, you see one of your best friends getting 2,000 likes on just a regular-ass selfie. Yeah. And you, like, you post a selfie and you're getting only 10. And you're like, damn, like, I want that. Yeah. And you don't need it. The thing is, you may even be better looking than that friend. Or mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with the ins and outs of being famous, people being all in your business and stuff. But you're not thinking about that. You're mm-hmm. looking at just the fact that they're getting the likes. They're getting all the publicity. And that's something that people have to kind of adjust. They kind of have to tweak, like, just, mm-hmm. like you said, look at the big picture, different perspectives. Even just talking to your peers really could kind of help with that. But it's a lot of things that can affect I that think as that kind of, like, goes into, like, me being so critical of myself. Because, like, like I said, I'm not saying y'all put me on a pedestal. Like, you, y'all is my siblings. But it was just, like, because y'all were kind of putting me on game to, like, the mistakes that y'all made and trying to learn from them mm-hmm. i was just like dang now i can't really fuck up because y'all didn't really give me no room to do that yeah. so it was just like I'm constantly being so critical and then trying to keep myself on the pedestal that i thought everybody else was putting me on 
it was just like if things aren't going well then I automatically just turn around to be like oh it's my fault so I need to figure out how to fix it so that way it's not not perfect anymore if that makes sense yeah so so you mentioned how you know most of what's going on in your your life you know your job your living situation is pretty ideal Mm -hmm. especially for the life you're living at the moment Mm because you're 24 22 on 24 in november so Mm -hmm. but the your relationship your relationships haven't really panned out the way you want it to go Mm -hmm. you're you're are you bisexual Mm -hmm. so what what's the difference one what's the difference between dating men and women um men are horrible they suck Mm. (laughs) no um i don't know i think it's just more nuances that women understand that you don't really have to explain Mm -hmm. um and it's respected without being said so for example like something as small as like even a period like men kind of sometimes and i've seen it with certain men um they'll just be like you know oh like you just in a bad mood like because you're on your period the whole time i'm not even on my period i'm just like mad <laughs> like I'm you're fucking just actually mad. mad like a normal person would yeah. be mad <laughs> but it's just like because you kind of like just small and minimize my feelings to just hormones and all that stuff it just makes it like dog like i'm literally just trying to have like a regular conversation Mm -hmm. with you and you just minimizing my feelings to something that's simple to you but it's really like not even the case so at that point you're one minimizing my feelings devaluing my feelings Mm -hmm. and then just brushing it off as something that's not even important versus like with the woman they're just like okay i'm gonna be more receptive of your feelings because most of the time i have those same feelings right so it's just it's a little bit easier to maneuver, but yeah, sometimes shit ain't always like that. So it's just one example. So what's the so what's got like what's so hard about the dating process then if their your dating process is a little more open now? I mean, you gonna get into my little rant that I was having, but since you wanna like open it we up, gonna, now. we gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's why we here. <laughs> but no, um, I was. Saying that when it comes to dating, the main issue that everybody has is, like, communications and, like, differences in expectations. Mm -hmm. So I had a conversation with Kayla the other day, and um, she was saying that she was trying to date. And, um, like, on her dating app or something, she was, like, uh, casual. And everybody was just coming to her, like, oh, like, I'm trying to link up. I'm trying to fuck and da-da-da. And she's just, like, I just feel, like, casually dating, like. (laughs) yeah like what are we doing right now but because everybody has like value so deeply rooted in like hookup culture and stuff they want everything like instant fast in a hurry want everything fast yep and it's just so annoying like because it's just like i i understand that and of course like it's nothing wrong with having those feelings Mm -hmm. but to constantly um have to reject people because they're on that it just gets draining sometimes like 
I want to find a person who's like, oh, I think you're attractive. You know, like your bio looked really interesting and all that stuff. And I want to get to know more about you and be genuine and authentic with their feelings versus just being like, oh, like I saw you, you look cute, like you trying to smash or, and I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> like, who are you? So it's just hard to maneuver that type of stuff because it's like, I don't know. But it's also the other side of things where, like, Chris is always telling me, you know, you're young. Like, you can just live your life. You don't need to be in a relationship. But sometimes social media, like you said, it just influences a lot of things how you feel. Like influences practically everything. And considering, like, I'm in a family where it's, like, two out of my other three siblings are, like, married, have, like, whole families family, yeah. and shit like i'm just like damn maybe i am behind the pack but it's also just a matter of like i don't want kids anytime mm-hmm. soon so take your time yeah like it's just you know a constant um like urge to compare myself to other people and then shit just not going the way i would idealize it seeing it from other people people's perspective if that makes sense yeah um so when is it hard for you to kind of find the real then because of all of this? It just takes a little bit more time. Like I'm currently like dating somewhat somebody um, who I've been talking to for like about a year, year and a half and stuff. So the authenticity is definitely there. But of course, like I said, communication is a thing. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to, go through different boundaries of getting to know each other. And you would think that you would know somebody as well as you could within a year, but within that same year of me knowing them, um, my dad passed away. Like I lost my job. So I moved into another apartment. version of you. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, I'm constantly changing. She's constantly changing. So it's just, we're constantly getting to know each other more and more. But it's also just that pressure in my ear. It's just like, you need to be in a fucking relationship right now. And I'm just like, oh my God, maybe. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just, you know, trying to have an authentic relationship with somebody, but not holding the rules that I see other people are holding for themselves. Just making something as unique as possible. Does that... When does, like, being, I guess, single, quote-unquote, I mean, you said you're dating, but are you, like, dating, or is it kind of like Yeah, I'm I'm dating. It's just, like, I I have more focus on one particular person, but because we're not exclusively dating, I'm still opening myself up to other people to... So do you have those moments of loneliness, then? Or um, feeling that, like, a sense of loneliness? Less now, um... Because I'm actually, like you, like I was saying earlier, just trying to practice more self-care and yeah. um, just trying to love on myself a lot more. But I do have moments where the, lone- the loneliness stems from comparing myself to other people. So the fact that I can acknowledge that, I'm just like, oh, like, just chill the fuck out. Like, you're on your own lane. Like, just continue to do what you're doing because you're not doing anything wrong. It's just at your specific pace. And in comparison to somebody else, it might look slower, it might look faster, but it's still yours. Yeah. So. What, um, like, kind of to backtrack a little bit, because you mentioned what we talked about, like, us changing. Mm-hmm. What, so with dad passing, how did that kind of change 
And what it, how did that change, like, kind of help you move forward as far as work and dating and just, like, in day-in, day-out stuff with your life? Like, what, um, I've, what I've, kind of perspective? I've always been, like, a dreamer and um, pretty good at, like, romanticizing life mm-hmm. and small details and stuff, which, you know, I did a lot more now. Or I do a lot more now, especially since he's passed. But I think I got a lot more realistic about things, too. Because I'm just like, I don't got a lot of time, so I might as well just enjoy shit. But I can't enjoy it too much to where it takes away from the reality of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have my dream job, and this is something that I've been working towards. But I still have to keep it. I still have to maintain it. Like, just because I got to where I've always wanted to be doesn't mean that I can't... um, like put in the work to make sure I can keep it and make it bigger and, you know, do more. Like this isn't the end point for me. Yeah. Like I can keep going. So that's good. I like the sound of that. So <laughs> I got uh, a few more questions for you, but mm-hmm. then we could uh, <clears throat> go to the she rant segment afterwards. I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know a lot of people be nervous to get up on that segment, but it is what it is. Uh, so I'm going to just ask a few like tougher questions again, but then mm-hmm. end with a couple of lighthearted ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite quote or slogan? Um, I have like a mantra that I use occasionally, um, that I made up for myself, you know, trademark Jess. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the quote is, um, you can only do what you can do, and what you can do is your best. I need you to repeat that. You can only do what you can do, and what you can do is your best. Mm, okay. Okay. Bars. <laughs> you know, I'm the writer, you know. but um, it's really, Elaborate. So it's really just, um, when it comes to depression, anxiety, and all that stuff, a lot of people feel bad um, when again, they're just comparing themselves to other people or even just themselves to how they were when they were at their best. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, um, even when you have depressive moments where you just land in bed and you're sad and you just can't do anything, sometimes your best is just getting up and using the bathroom. Like sometimes your best is just brushing your teeth. And if you can give yourself a little bit of grace and just being you know, like, the only thing I can do right now is my best, and this is my best right now. So that's a cool. lot of people think like your best is like all of like everything, mm-hmm. like everything you know how to do. But like you said, your best could simply just be you getting out of the bed, mm-hmm. just standing up, doing like stretching a little bit, or walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good quote. I like that one. I may have to I may have to take that one. I may have to snag that. I'm just looking to that. <laughs> um, toughest pill to swallow. Um, the world doesn't revolve around me. <laughs> okay, and as like narcissistic as that may sound, it's like because you live your own life and you go through your life by yourself and stuff. You're just like everything has to do with me. But I'm learning now that I can't always take shit personally, like. Yeah. It's just so exhausting to constantly do that and then try to figure out, like, how can I not take it personally and, like, 
not get my feelings hurt because like I said, I'm a very sensitive person. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to maneuver that and not be as sensitive when it comes to a lot of things because it's just like, it's fucking exhausting. Like it's exhausting to constantly cry about like people just pissing you off. Like, Oh my God, just shut up. Like, (laughs) but it's just like, not everything has to do with me. Like some people could just be having a bad day or some people just, um, push their feelings out onto you and project. And that's the way of like asking for help. If you know that you didn't do anything and nobody is voicing that you did anything, just fucking move on. Like that's it. And I'm making it sound a lot easier than it actually is because I'm still like actively learning this. I think to the, the clear minded person, it is simple, Mm -hmm. but people who have gone through things who have dealt with situations where they had to put themselves first, for a long time or they've been taking things personal for such a long time mm-hmm. obviously that's going to be a little make things a little more cloudy for them mm-hmm. here and stop that you know yeah. just cut it out and quit making things everything about you there's, i mean this thing i think i've i wouldn't say i mastered that now but it's a lot of things that i see online or i even deal with with people that i'm around from time to time if they get angry at me or if they throw a smart uh comment at me i'm just kind of like you got it I ain't about to go back and forth with you about it because why waste the energy being angry mm-hmm. right with you? I'm yeah. just going to let you get it out, let you get it off your chest, and I'm moving on with it. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, so what's the what's a moment that you would deem regretful? I try to live my life um, without feeling regretful of my past decisions because not saying that I'm always in survival mode, but most of the time when I make my decisions is based on what I feel is in my best interest at that moment. So I can't really get mad at like looking at my past self and being like, Oh, you should have did better with that. Versus like now I'm a lot more developed and I have the space to be able to do better. Mm -hmm. So, um, but if I did have a regretful moment, like, even in the moment where you were like, damn, I shouldn't have did that. But when you were in hindsight, you were like, I don't really regret it because it got me to this point. Mm-hmm. But what is something that maybe in the moment you were like, damn, I didn't, I shouldn't have did that? I probably would have went to community college before going to university mm-hmm. because it would have been a lot cheaper. I probably would be in less debt. And shout out to Biden, though. He, uh, <laughs> he throwing us a couple of dollars. You feel me? No, for real. But I think I would have I would have been in less debt, and I think I community college is a lot harder than like university, honestly, which is weird. But I mean, if we want to get into it, it's really just because community colleges are based in um, smaller communities, and universities are for people who can actually like quote unquote afford it. Yeah. So the curriculum and the rigor within the curriculum really isn't that bad because they're just like well you're paying for the school you might as well just chill but in community college it's like geared towards adults and like people who have kids and all that stuff and it's it's, people who can make time for it but don't don't have enough time to be a campus hero yeah you would think it would be easier but it's a lot harder i'm happy you said that because Community college was pretty tough. And yeah, I'm like, while I was doing I was like, damn, is it supposed to be this hard? Yeah. I left home for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, like going to Tennessee State and then coming back and like doing a few classes for nursing and stuff. I was like, 
I was literally in AP Calc in high school. I tested out of college algebra at TSU just to come back here and do like a regular college algebra class. And I failed that shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Either this teacher <laughs> capping right now or Bruh, like that shit I'm was dumb. hard. <laughs> Man, yeah. Um, what's, what's your top three goals you have for your life from here on out? At least um, at this point in your life. The first one is always to be stable. Um, I think that, like I said, we were coming from like a low income family mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't love living paycheck to paycheck, but if my paychecks can get fatter and then my like cost of living can get smaller, I'm like opening the window of stability to where I have a lot more room to actually enjoy my life. Right. So stability is always a goal. Um, trying to uh, give myself more grace. Um, like I said, I have a history of like being critical of myself. So very hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So to give myself a little bit more grace, I think it'll take a lot of stress away from my life. And it has, um, and three, just get more into being family oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for a lot of time we grew up, well, at least me and you, Chris and Kayla were pretty involved, but we were a little bit like disconnected from our like extended family outside of our immediate family. I would agree with that. Yep. So, um, I just kind of want to change that narrative when it comes to like me and my nieces and nephews and mm-hmm. stuff. Cause like, I love those little gremlins. Like they're great. I love them. So they're, they're chill. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They cool. <laughs> but no, like they literally are. I was actually talking about them the other day. Like, they're one of the reasons why I love my job and I take it so seriously because um, my job has to do with public health and most of it has to do with like um, sexual health and mental and physical health, trying to make sure that we develop like well-rounded individuals. Mm-hmm. So if I can get the tools from my job and be able to like build trust within like the gremlins and stuff, mm-hmm. and if they don't necessarily feel comfortable talking to y'all about some things then they'll be able to talk to me and i have the resources to be able to help them out as best as i possibly can while also still instilling a sense of trust within them like i'm doing my job right right then and there and you're doing it early now too right you showing you showing face at least yeah so building from the the ground up with the relationship between them so so if i can just start off now then i can only imagine how it'll be when they get to like middle school Mm -hmm. and high school and stuff where shit starts really hitting the fan i like that yeah i like that that's that's really good actually thank you um last question Uh, that's really (laughs) what it is this ain't scripted we don't script nothing around well these questions are a little scripted but the answers ain't scripted out here we doing it straight from the dome nah um last question best place better place to live tennessee or michigan michigan 100 percent. yes why is that um so long story long, um, with Tennessee State, it was like on a little island. And I would essentially think that constantly going to like urban populated like schools and all that stuff has spoiled me to being around people who look like me all the time. Mm-hmm. But once I stepped off that island of um, the campus, it was just like I could not recognize myself in anybody. Like it was just um, a lot of like other races that 
had their own things going on and I didn't really feel like I had a place outside of campus and that felt dangerous to me like it felt like I wasn't able to fully be my authentic self if I wanted to actually pursue what I wanted to and at the vigor that I wanted to do it so if I wanted to go more into sexual health um while I was down there and trying to make sure I was an advocate for the urban community and stuff if we only have like this one little small island and then it's other populations out there yeah I can tap into those but like my heart is set on this specific area mm-hmm. because that's the one that needs the most those are the ones with the most disparities right but if like we're not really tapping to if I, I if I can't even like go into a different community and see myself, then I know that the work that's being done down there is not something that will resonate with me as heavily. And I really didn't like that. So coming up here, I'm just like anywhere I go, I'm gonna see myself and I really like that. And then especially just it being my hometown, like it made it a lot easier to transition into things. But I do wanna um venture out of here eventually um and go into like another city because i don't want to always stay where it's comfortable i want to like make myself a little bit more uncomfortable yeah growth is outside of the comfort zone so as long as you are making everything comfortable and then all right i'm good next movement next Mm -hmm. thing keep moving forward um all right last but not least she rants (laughs) <laughs> I was scared about this. It's coming. <laughs> um, I'll let you take the floor. Just a couple of minutes. Say what you got to say. Get it off your chest. This is your show. Go for it. So something small that I noticed today, because today I got my very first facial. Um, and she said that I had really good skin. It was not to like two mile horn or anything, but I'm going to it's going to be loud, but <laughs> talk. talk your talk. Uh, but she was like, you know, your skin has like, a lot of balance and elasticity and stuff. And um, I can tell you drink a lot of water. And that's really different than how, um, like, a coworker that came in the other day, his skin was, like, really tight, and you could tell he doesn't drink a lot of water. But she was saying how she did facials because it helped with the sense of self-care. And I feel like that is so important, especially when it comes to the, like, male community, like, People, men genuinely do not fucking, like, do any type of self-care. And that is so weird to me. And if they do, it's just, like, so rooted in ideas of, like, oh, I don't want to look, like, a type of way. I don't want to look like, you know, like I'm gay or anything like that. But it's just, like, gender norms and gender roles and stuff really are just major social constructs that don't even matter. Like, if you want to get your nails done, if you want to get your feet done and stuff, and you want to look nice for yourself or, like, your partner and all that stuff, you should fucking do that regardless because it makes you feel good. And even just trying to, like, dig into other ways of things that, like, would make you feel good. Like, even fucking fishing, like, do it like a man sport or something. I don't know. Like, whatever makes you feel good. But, like, try to tap more into that so that we can get to know yourself more and maybe... You can be more of an asset to the people that you socialize with. So it won't feel such like such a drag when you encounter somebody who's like sure of themselves and to compensate for the fact that like you aren't sure of yourself. You kind of come off as being like overly aggressive and doing too much like lack of authenticity. It's just it makes you so much smoother if you just like give a fuck about yourself just a little bit more. So, yeah, 
and seen. Um, <laughs> no, she's right. Because I can tell you this. I get lost in being a parent and grinding to make, you know, getting the bills paid and it's just all, all of the, all of everything adults go through. And I need to tell myself, like, hey, go and do things you like to do. Even if it's for an hour, if it's for a half hour, go get a manicure, get a pedicure, go work out, go bowling. I love bowling. So mm-hmm. I'll go bowling from time to time. And it feels amazing. It don't and it doesn't take long. It don't take a lot of money to do it, but it's something that's necessary. And I truly believe that that's a thing. So self-care, fellas, if y'all listening, please take care of yourself, man. And don't quit trying to let social media and mm-hmm. the, the wrong people tell you that that's the wrong thing to do. The right people will tell you to do it, and you should be telling yourself to do it, and you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. So don't let nobody stop you from doing what you want to do. And doing what you want to do is ultimately going to make you a better person to yourself and a better person to the people around you. So drink your water, exercise, get enough sleep, do whatever you need to. And just honestly give yourself the opportunity to like not be on go all the time. Like that shit is exhausting. Facts. Yeah. So before we go, um, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Um... My Instagram is just the mess, but in mess, it's a V instead of an E. Um, I have Twitter. I think that is just the mess 98, all spelled correctly. Let me. Just the mess, you said? Yes. Okay. So in this one on Twitter, it is just T H V mess, M E S S 98. Um, and yeah. You know, stay up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all know where to find me. Uh, every If you're already on the Facebook page, make sure y'all share. Make sure y'all get people involved. Make sure y'all comment. Uh, I'm sending video, not videos, but I'm sending episodes back to back. Once I get this camera together, y'all going to be seeing uh, me talking to these people. Uh, even the people that want to double back and jump on another episode, you'll get to actually see these people. So make sure y'all stay in tune, stay in touch. Make sure you stay in contact with me if y'all want something happening. If y'all need got any ideas, I'm here for it. But thanks for being on the episode, sis. No I love you very much. I love you. And y'all <laughs> let me know, how did I make this space safe for you?